0: Hey there, Disky Chicks fans, before we get started with today's podcast, I wanted to tell you about a special opportunity for you to become the DISC expert in your organization. Would you like to deliver DISC debriefs with ease, facilitate coaching sessions and teaming sessions with confidence, and elevate your stature as the go-to person for all things DISC? Join us for our live advanced DISC certification training coming up in early January 2022. This is a live small group class delivered in four two-hour sessions during the first two weeks of January. Please go to DISCychicks.com for more information. And don't wait because the December 17th registration deadline is coming up quickly. Oh, and one more thing, since you're a Disky Chicks podcast listener, enter the promotion code DCP123 to get $150 off the registration fee as a thank you from us to you. Now on with the show. Welcome to the Disky Chicks podcast for business leaders, HR directors, coaches, and those interested in learning how to use the DISC assessment to grow self-awareness, improve communications, and develop leaders and teams. Please welcome your hosts, business coaches Martha Forlines and Cindy Jacoby. They are loud and proud about all things DISC. Hi, I'm Cindy Jacoby, Chief Engagement Officer for BizHelp Consulting. I work with companies and teams to improve their effectiveness by improving their hiring and their communication skills. I use DISC to help teams better understand each other and how to work better together and how to choose the right candidate for the job. I also offer certification classes so anyone can comfortably deliver and debrief the DISC assessment to their employees or clients. And by the way, in DISC language, I'm a high influencer and low compliant meaning I like to talk and influence, and I'm not great with rules or details. Martha, how about you?
1: Hey, I'm Martha Forlines, owner of my Leadership Development and Coaching Business Belief System Institute. I work with business leaders and entrepreneurs to help them solve what I lovingly call their pesky people problems. One of the most complicated challenges for leaders has to do with the people and relationship issues in their businesses, be that the employees, vendors, and let's not forget the customers. The assessments Cindy and I talk about in our podcasts are essential in finding solutions that enable leaders to be more successful in business than they ever, ever thought they could be.
0: So together, we are the Disky Chicks. If you need a little background on disc, listen to one of our earlier episodes, and you can find those on diskychicks.com.
1: Talent wins games, but teamwork and intelligence win championships. Michael Jordan. So Cindy and I chose this quote because we're going to be talking today about teaming with DISC and utilizing DISC. Um, There's so much that we have to share. I'm
0: really excited about this topic. How about you, Cindy? Yes, we talk a lot about having diversity on the teams and we're talking about, we wanted to get real specific this time and not just say you should have a bunch of D's and I's and S's and C's on your team, (laughs) but we wanted to say specifically why and what value each of them bring. And I just did a client training yesterday, Martha, and we, I put everybody on the big team wheel and they had these pockets of groups, but they also made sense because the sales people had a lot of I's and the support people had a lot of S's. And so we had a little bit of a discussion as well. Do we really need other people on the team? And because um, it's kind of hard. Yes, you do. But then you also want them to fit right in with their job. So there's a little bit of a dilemma of how right. you d- diversify, but still have the right fit
1: on the team. Absolutely, absolutely. And hoping that you have listened to our latest podcast, Cindy and I were talking about the reboarding aspect that leaders are challenged with right now. And really, this teaming topic is hot right now. Yeah, because teams were used to being together and then they got used to each other in Zoom. And now, All the companies are wanting everybody to get comfortable again, coming back into the office and teaming in person. And it's just really an important, important topic for leaders, especially when they look at the strengths that they have in each team member, but also we're going to break it down today the strengths by the letter, the D, the I, the S, and the C, so that you can really understand how do you leverage all of these different behavior styles, understanding we're made up of all four, but typically we have two predominant, and how can we leverage these high dominance on the team, and how do we leverage that high compliant on the team, and that's what we're going to cover today.
0: Yeah, I think I think that's a good point is you you tell a story frequently of this group of quiet accountants that didn't want any D's on their team. (laughs) But I think if we go by each letter and really talk about what the value is they bring, that's something a leader can think of. Well, do I need this on my team? And I think you're going to find the answer is yes. So we spent some time deciding what we thought would be the most valuable things that each of the letters brought. So I've got yes. my list. I know you've got your list, Martha, and we can just talk about those, but we might as well start off with our favorite, the D.
1: That high, that high D, right?
0: <laughs> and to your point, we are talking about a, a pure style as if D right. is the only factor um, for this person, but we know we're all made up of all kinds of different ones. So let's. But we're talking about what the D part of somebody's style brings to the table.
1: Right. Well, one of the biggies for me, um, and I was helping a client put together um, a requirements list for a position that they were going to recruit for, and they wanted a self-initiator. They wanted a self-starter such that not that they wouldn't have to go through the training process with them, but that they would get things quickly And then because it's a smaller entrepreneurial company, they will just figure things out. And this is a strength of that pure high dominant that a lot of people... Love that initiative, but sometimes, you know, when that D takes over from a control standpoint, they go, oh no, now I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to rein them in. And my my favorite line with that is, would you rather rein them in or stick the spurs in them? Yes. Right.
0: Yeah, You have to light a fire under them. So sometimes I think people are getting intimidated by D's because they might be hard to manage, but when you want to be able to offload things to somebody who can take charge, the D is your man or D is your woman um, that you want to, that you want to bring in. So yeah, self-starter initiates activity, both of those really high value to a team. Right. And I like that they are, they are competitive and they challenge the status quo. They're not typically um, they don't just fall in line and do things the way they've always been done. They're always, looking to the future and seeing how quickly they can get to the results. So if we are, if your team is doing something that doesn't seem to make a lot of sense and, and is slowing everybody down, they're going to spot that and want to move, want to push forward. So they are definitely um, focused on the, on results.
1: Yeah. That high challenge um, really comes out when they, maybe don't necessarily agree with a recommendation that's been made by another team member and the other team members just need to accept this is how that person really pushes us as a team Mm -hmm. so that we get to the best solution. If it's a problem they're solving or the best decision for the greater good of the business. So, uh, Some of the styles get a little put off by the high challenge, but once you really get to know each other as a team, you just appreciate that difference. You know, that high steady is not going to be a high challenge, but Hey, there is somebody on the team that will do that.
0: Well, that D is very direct. And what I love about the D is that, you know, where you stand. There's not, there's not a lot of beating around the bush. And when they do challenge you, it's not in a, in a personal way and right. you can challenge them right back and they will enjoy the back and forth without, without hurting a friendship or hurting a, a teaming relationship. They don't take these things personal. Remember they're all business and they're all about results. And if you know, that's where they're coming from, you're less likely to be wounded by whatever it is they say, you know, cause they may right. not have the most tactful approach, but right um, I, I think D's in some ways are terrifying, but in the other ways, D's are awesome. You know, exactly where they stand. And if you, if you can just stand up tall and, and react back to them, you'll be fine. And they'll respect you for yeah. that. And, you know, they're great.
1: Another one of my favorites to um, Cindy and I jokingly talk about this with a high dominant when you're meeting with them is be brief, be bright and be gone. Yes, because they are really bottom line organizers. They don't need to hear the sto- the whole story. They needed, they just need to hear what's relevant to the topic at hand. So, and I and I really appreciate about appreciate mm-hmm. that about a high dominant because they're going to get to business and talk through what needs to be talked through and move on. Right. So to your point about delegating to them so that they can get stuff done, I mean, they're just very achievement oriented and that's their nature.
0: And they don't get bogged down with analysis paralysis. They, they want information. They don't make blind decisions. They do want some information, but they want it quick and they want to know what the consequences are if they choose A versus B. And if you give them the facts, give them the likely results, they can make a decision like that and move right. on without having right. to. To worry over it, or pray over it, or analyze it, or sleep on it—you know, any of those (laughs) things—they can go. They can, right? Right? Yeah. So D's, you know, don't be afraid of D's. They are—they can do a lot for a team. Right. Um, They take on a lot and they work hard and um, they get the ball rolling.
1: I was going to make one more comment that was on my list was that they are tenacious, and by that I mean they like working under pressure and they like. Um, just having to dig in and do whatever it takes to get things done, and that tenacity goes a long way. Mm-hmm. Uh, as a active participant on a team that's made up of a lot of different styles,
0: yeah, they're not apt to throw in the towel and give up. <laughs> no. They're, they're no. they'll they'll find a way because again, they're drivers. Yeah. They're they're moving forward and trying to get to the trying to get to the end. They're future looking, and we are
1: going to talk about that high steady, of course, and, and they are very persistent. It's a little different from being tenacious, but they don't give up either. Good. So they just do it in a different way. That's yeah. a good point. Yeah.
0: All right. Should we move on okay. to the, to the I?
1: Sure. Absolutely.
0: Our influencers Yes, near and, ma'am. near and dear to both of our hearts. Yes. Well, so I will start and just say, you know, I think the best, part about having an eye on your team is having that optimism and having that enthusiasm. I -hmm. mean, if, if if you've got a great idea, the eye is the one that's going to sell it. You know, they are going to tell you how awesome it's going to be and get everybody fired up about it. And they have a real positive can do attitude.
1: Right. right?
0: So they're just, they're more, they're just pleasant to be around. They might not get a whole lot done, but they do bring some (laughs) that positivity and levity to the team. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's, it's the kind of thing that if you think about the team sitting around waiting for that high because they happen to run late, but that high influencer enters the room and truly the energy of the whole team goes up Yes, because of that enthusiasm and positivity and optimism, uh, which, you know, is a double-edged sword for that high influencer, but great energy. And, and the, a lot of teams need that. They need that energy depending on, you know, what components the team is made of. Right. So, and one of my favorites for the high influencer is they can be so motivational and so inspirational for others. Um, and it's kind of like they like to be affirmed Subsequently, they also like to affirm others. absolutely, And that has a very, very positive influence on people's ability to kind of stick with what's going on and stick and hang in there to get the work, the hard work done. And they, they do a great job of that.
0: I think they can see the good in other people and really bring that out of them and, you know, or at least the, the positive contribution, they can find that and celebrate it. And even if it's kind of behind the scenes work, it's like, you know, we couldn't have done this without you. And they're, they're cheerleaders, really, uh, yeah. for the team. And, and the teams need that. They need that recognition and that motivation for people. So um, absolutely. I like that about them. Um, and I think they are pretty creative problem solvers as well. Yes. Um, they have creative minds. Um, they think it's fun to use their ability to come up with new and creative solutions to problems. They like trying to do things differently and not be dragged through those same old, same old. Right.
1: Right. Yeah. I liken the, um, the brain of the high influencer because they don't think in a stepwise fashion, their brain is more like the pinball going around (laughs) looking for patterns and that's how they come up with these great creative ideas that nobody else has thought of because they, they just are looking at things really through a different lens than a high compliant would look at or even a high steady would look through uh, to come up with those creative solutions.
0: And I think, you know, when we're talking about the value to a team, mm-hmm. I think the I is, is typically your go-to person when it comes to presenting ideas as well. Uh, if you are presenting to your board, if you're presenting to a client, that I may be the greatest asset to getting your client or getting that other person excited about your product or your idea. And then they can hand that off to maybe somebody who is more detail-oriented to give all the nitty-gritty details of that. But they can make it sound exciting and and something that you want. And then um, they're great working with a partner who who can kind of close the deal sometimes. Those Ds are really (laughs) good about closing deals, probably better than the I's are. But the I's will build that enthusiasm in people and um, just usually need some help for closing that sale.
1: Right. Another attribute that I really appreciate about a high influencers is also their ability to negotiate conflict. And and they, you know, that high I, that's influence and influencer. And they're able to use that when they are in a negotiation with, let's say it's a customer and do it in in a very positive way. And me, I have a high eye story since I'm a high eye. Uh, <laughs> once upon a time in my corporate life, I used to negotiate union contracts. Ugh. And in the beginning, I was really intimidated about the process. But then once I saw, because let's face it, most people don't sit across the union negotiation table from a woman. So that happened to be an advantage for me, in my opinion, but they would just listen to every word I would say. And I, and I just sort of would step back and go, man, I didn't know I had that much power. <laughs> I love it. But it's, but it's true, but yeah. negotiating to get to a reasonable settlement or whether it's negotiating to get to a reasonable price with right. a customer. So they're good at really looking at it from all sides and come up with something that's acceptable for everybody.
0: And, and that's what they do, the eyes influence, they persuade people. So they make you get buy-in to this great yeah. idea. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah, that's a good point. exactly.
1: Did you have any more on your list?
0: Um, I think we covered them. I had some similar ones, but I think the other, I guess, the last part of that for me is that that I having an eye on your team is the person that you would go to for anything that requires a lot of high people contacts. Yes. So if you've got a, you know, go to a seminar and work the room, you know. Put your eyes out there, they'll do that. You know, they'll love that. You know, they love to go to meetings and be around people. So, anything that requires any type of people contact, your eye person will not get bogged down, but they'll get energized by that. And yeah. not everybody can do that without getting worn out. So, they that extrovert part of that eye mm-hmm. loves the people contact,
1: right? Well, and one other thing to add to is that out of all of the behavior styles. Probably the one with the best sense of humor is the high influencer. For sure. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes if they're not under control, it can get out of hand. But normally it's just keeping a little levity and Mm -hmm. being more transparent with people about you're human in right. showing humility.
0: They put so people at ease by doing that. They can, they can be self-deprecating and then it, it just kind of lowers the tension. And, you know, we mentioned the Ds are forward thinking. You know, they, they see the future. The I's, I would say, are present focused. They care about yes. the experience of what's happening right now in the room. Is everybody right. okay? Um, and and bringing that humor and levity and making sure everybody's having, having a good time. And and doing their work, hopefully, too. Absolutely. (laughs) All right. All right. The studies. I think everybody wants their team loaded with studies.
1: I tell you what, they are the glue for the team, Cindy. I mean, (laughs) beyond a shadow of a doubt, they are the glue. And, And they also will negotiate conflict around the table of of a a very diverse team, which is just such an asset to the team. And they're going to be calm and unflappable while they're at it. You know, it's just, it's a great quality.
0: Yeah, so the steadiness um, just in, in review are reliable, slower, steady, workers they like they don't like Mm -hmm. a lot of drama they don't like a lot of surprise they don't Mm -hmm. like a lot of mixing things up I mean they are very reliable teammates and their work they do um, they like things that are predictable so they you know where they stand for the most part as far as what their work is you don't know where they stand emotionally because they have a great poker face but because of that they're great listeners. People don't feel intimidated to go and talk to them because um, I always refer to the S's as the smilers and the nodders that they will listen. And with a very pleasant face, nod, and and they may disagree with everything you say, but they're never going to say that because they don't like the conflict. And so um, as Martha said, they're the glue. Imagine a team with lots of S's on there. Um, There's going to get a lot of work done. Yeah, right. it's not going to be a high drama atmosphere. No, for the most no. part,
1: not at all. And another couple of qualities that I love about the high steadies is they're just so patient mm-hmm. and very, very empathetic. It's like they can walk a mile in anybody's shoes and show that empathy and that they care. They do. And you were uh, mentioning earlier about, um, uh, in the service industry and people that are in call centers. And, and there's a lot of people in the healthcare industry that are high studies
0: Absolutely. because
1: of those traits. Honestly, they just, that works in
0: that, that field of work that I just described. Right. It's not a cutthroat business uh, being mm-hmm. a nurse or being somebody that cares for other people. So there's a lot of high studies You'll find in nursing and other types of health care
1: yeah, and social work would yes. be another another application.
0: What I have noticed is that, you know, because the studies are so loyal, if, if they can get with a leader or a cause that they believe in, they'll never leave. I mean, they will. They're the ones mm-hmm. that stay in jobs for decades because right. it's becomes predictable reliable and they believe in what they're doing and they don't look for change it's it's perfect so Mm -hmm. if you can get some studies on your team and give them something to believe in and you know show your appreciation for them and and just leave them be they will just work so hard and then they always complete their tasks too yeah
1: yeah that persistence always shows through in terms of they're going to get it done. And and again, because they like working at a slower methodical pace, it may not be as fast as some of the other styles, but they will get the work done. Absolutely. And the other thing that I appreciate about high studies is they are very logical stepwise thinkers that let's say you are training a high steady as a leader, then you need, they like structure. So having things in a procedure manual that they can go back and refer to, and it makes logical sense to them to look at the process and let it go through to the end so that they can do their job the best that they can do. And and they will thrive in that environment. If it's total chaos and jump in and you figure it out, they probably are not going to be as content because that's not their strength.
0: Yeah, that's stressful that, you know, creating SOPs and manuals would probably be great jobs for them just to be able to detail the procedures of exactly what they do, because unless Mm -hmm. and until you have that, then it's hard to have steady, predictable work if everything's haphazard, so they're, they're good at systems and and putting those procedures in places so they can follow them. Absolutely. Cut out any surprises. Absolutely. Any other studies? I mean, those are, they're, they're relatively easy and, and good. You know, there's not a lot of gotchas with the high studies. Um, I will say though, if you have a studies on your team and you're a leader, uh, a couple of tips, they do not, tend to interrupt so when you are in a team meeting and if you're especially a d or an i who is no problem speaking your mind you have to remember that your studies are not going to speak their mind so don't wait for them to interrupt and interject you have to go around the circle and make sure everybody has their chance to speak because most likely they are listening and taking everything in and then they probably have the right answer but we forget to ask them and they're not certainly not going to volunteer it unless they are asked. So that's a really important thing to know about the studies.
1: Well, now we're down to one of my favorite complimentary styles, the high compliant. Yes. Cindy and I've talked about this over and over again, because she and I have such low compliance (laughs) that I really honor and respect. Every high compliant that I come into contact with right. because I you know I need people like that they help me do a better job.
0: I and, married and, one
1: yeah, yeah that's we trouble me.
0: without him you know keeping keeping <laughs> us on the rails all right I so why say. would a high C be valuable to a team Martha?
1: They are just so conscientious and thoughtful. And when they participate on the team, they're not going to speak up until they've really thought it through and they have all their data to back up what they're going to contribute in a meeting. And they come totally prepared.
0: Absolutely. As a part of that
1: conscientiousness. So it's just really a, a wonderful Most important member of a team to have that high compliant participating and contributing the way that they do, because it is, again, so different from the way I contribute with that high influencer and high dominant. So that's they actually that's have it. the
0: proof behind yeah, what they, they do say.
1: rather than a hunch or intuition, right? Instead
0: of saying, we think it's going to be awesome. They, they will know if it will be awesome or not. And they will define what awesome means. That's so right. yeah, along those same lines of conscientious that they, it's because they pay attention to the details. They right. are perfectionist. So they like that data. They like the detail because that, that proves their case. The more they can understand something, the better it builds their case. They are not high risk takers, so they want to have as many facts to support their idea as possible to mitigate any risk that could happen by going with their recommendation. And they're called on a lot to make recommendations because they do take the time to research and to to put out a very good work product. If
1: another member of the team is coming to the table with some half baked ideas, (laughs) then that high compliant is going to call them out on it because they aren't data-driven, they are task-driven. They're not as Mm people-oriented and relationship-oriented, but the interesting thing to me, Cindy, is that they are quite good at reading other people. Yeah. They've got the power of observation, and while they may not know the language of DISC, but but they really are great at observing and being able to articulate what they're observing about other another person and you know are they trustworthy you know yeah yeah so I would don't sell them short on on what they their takeaways are from meetings because they again have that keen focus and power of observation
0: they ask a lot of questions Yes. And they're good questions. And again, it's helping them gather information where, you know, the I's may like to sell and the D's like to tell, you know, these, these C's really ask a lot of questions and they find out information and they get to the bottom of things, things that I would never think of. Uh, My husband is a high C and asks a million questions and they're always really good and things I wouldn't think of because I tend to take things at face value what the other Mm -hmm. person says that's good enough for me but then David will go back and ask about the how they came up with this process and uh have they considered this and this and what have they tested it yes and it's like gosh I never I mean they're they're great questions but I never would have right I would never would have thought of it
1: Another wonderful quality of the high-compliant also is that they maintain very high-quality standards, and I think about the healthcare industry and the fact that we were talking about having so many high studies in the healthcare industry, but there are also a lot of high compliance, and it's interesting in reading some research around this whole concept of quality that high compliance in the healthcare industry, just as an example, have, they have these high quality standards, but they expect, they project this on every member of their team, that every member of their team should have the same high quality standards that they do. So when something goes amok, and someone makes a mistake in healthcare, which as you know, the effect of error can be very high. Right. Those high compliance really come unglued because they just have these high, high standards that they expect everybody else to have. Right.
0: They because they look for and follow the rules, it makes it really easy for them to see things in black and white. I mean, yes. there's no gray area. It's it's follows the rules or it doesn't follow the rules. And so I will lovingly call the high C's the, the party of no, because they're the ones that when the eyes are saying, I think we can make it work if we do it this way, remember that creative mind and trying to sell it. Um, it the CEO go, no, it's it's illegal or it doesn't follow gap accounting standards or it doesn't follow, you know, whatever standards that you're that you're holding them accountable for. So Yeah. They're, they keep us out of a lot of trouble, which is, yeah,
1: yeah, absolutely. You talk about HIPAA in in healthcare. Yeah. So, but on the the other side of it is they can be incredibly diplomatic
0: because they're not emotional about things. Exactly.
1: They don't get their feelings hurt. Although, although I will tell you my experience in giving performance feedback to a high compliant without data facts and information to sh- for them to see they do get very defensive mm-hmm. so but that 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 they take personally because of that level of perfectionism i think
0: yeah well while they don't make decisions emotionally they are very they are very guarded on their work product. Very proud of that because that's where they've put all their energy into. And so for you to criticize their work, it right. is personal to them.
1: Right. And so
0: you better have some facts to back that up and not just have a hunch that you don't think it's right. Can you imagine telling a C I don't, I don't think that's right I mean, <laughs> without, without telling them why you think that. So yeah. you know, having a high C a high compliant on your team, um, you know, I think of the business school teams that I coached and it's the high compliant that actually reads the teacher's rubric. Like what has (laughs) to be part of this team project because other people just run off and think they know what they're doing, but they're the ones that come back behind you and say, okay, we have to have an opening paragraph, three paragraphs of proof and this, this, and, and all of our footnotes have to be in order. Like they're the ones that take care of all that stuff and make sure that that's getting done. So yeah. they are looking to see what is actually required of this assignment and then making sure that the team has followed that. So yes, if you can get a if you can get a high compliant on your team, they may frustrate you for some things, but they're usually right when it comes right down to it. If you right. follow their, <laughs> if you follow their guidance, it's like, okay, yeah, we did. We, we do have to do it this way.
1: Yeah. I always joke about um, the one behavior style that you want your surgeon who's about to do heart surgery on you to be is a high compliance. Absolutely.
0: <laughs> they don't have to yeah. have a high eye. They step, don't good skip bedside <laughs> yeah. Just do it
1: right. Yeah, exactly. And so, exactly. you know, I'm
0: about to answer my own question that I posed to you at the beginning of this podcast is when you've got a group of salespeople and you kind of want them to all have the same type of behavior styles, When we go through what we just went through and what is the value of having each type on your team, I can't see any team not wanting each one of these on their team because they all bring something that's going to help the rest of the team. So when you have all the same type on one team, you're really limiting your ability to either be creative, to be compliant and efficient, or just to be thorough.
1: Right. Right. Because uh, let's face it, every style has to problem solve, but each style problem solves differently. And that's what you want. And you, and you want some constructive conflict on the team about what is the best decision and let, let, all four styles kind of work it mm-hmm. because I guarantee you're going to come back with a better solution than if it was all eyes making that decision or all D's making a decision. Yeah. It just really uh, enriches the decision-making and problem-solving process. Yeah.
0: Being afraid of conflict is no, is not, a good reason to exclude one of these types to be on your team, because yes, it will bring conflict, but usually that's because it's bringing different ideas and you do want to be able to pick the best one. So, right. I guess the moral of our story is you want a diversified team. You know, it's the team that makes the difference as Michael Jordan would say, Um, you could have a, a rock star, but if the rock star misses their deadline because they're not paying attention, then they might as well not have been there at all. So you yeah. utilize those or if you have a great idea and you don't have anybody to tout it for you or sell it, it's, it's not going to do you any good. So, you know, use, use Absolutely. that team and what it brings you. Absolutely. All right. Well, we couldn't so, be more direct, I don't think, than exactly explaining how each one of these members can help your team. And I think that it is for
1: my, from my observation of working with teams where there was maybe some conflict Um, And at the core of it was somebody was just so different from that member of the team. And how do you move them to a point of acceptance?
0: And you can get people from seeing it as a conflict versus a compliment. You know, they do things that you don't want to do. That's how you should embrace this person. Instead of saying they're different from me, they're most likely that's who you need to be best friends with on your team because they're likely doing the work that you don't want to be doing.
1: I agree with that.
0: Embrace those differences.
1: And that's all I've got, Cindy. I think we've covered it.
0: Well, I want to remind everybody that we have a a certification course coming up later in August. If you go to diskeychicks.com, you can see information on that. It's going to be a virtual course at the end of it if you would like to sit for your certification exam you can if you just want to gain more knowledge and become the expert at DISC for your company or for your clients that's what this is for and it's a a legit course and so we'd love to have you sign up for that that's all we have have a great week
1: thanks to all of you continuous learners for listening in with Cindy and me today we are passionate about the power of the DISC behavior assessment And we love bringing it to you and your clients. We invite you to visit our website at diskychicks.com. There you will find a link to all of our podcasts and you can listen to previous episodes and subscribe. Also on our website, you can try a disc assessment for yourself. Just click the link, take the short assessment and we'll quickly send you the results. Also, check us out as well on Facebook and
0: Instagram. We can't wait to hear from you. See you next week on the Disky Chicks podcast. Thank you for listening to the Disky Chicks podcast. Never miss an episode by subscribing today. To learn more or start a conversation with Cindy and Martha, visit the Disky Chicks podcast Facebook page.